Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie. I'm here with my good friend, Rahul. But today, we have some really, really good friends of mine, Matt and Evan from the Houston Blues Supporters Club. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thanks you for having us. us. Yeah, look, it's it's exciting. And Matt, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the FA Cup party you guys hosted, which was not the result we wanted, but absolutely exciting. So today we want to get to know you guys a little bit better. I know we're hosting another one upcoming for the Everton game, but Evan, I'll come to you first. Why did you start the group? Well, we uh, started the group, uh, friend Nick Kyle and I, we were watching games together and we were like, man, it'd be cool to have some friends join us and find some fellow Chelsea fans and we just kind of went through the process with the club and filled out the application and they approved us. And so we just kind of organically just started texting people like, Hey, you want to come watch a game? And so it just kind of grew from there. Look, that's the beauty of it, right? We get to watch together. We get to hang out together. We get to exactly celebrate together. And sometimes we get to cry together, but look, that's what being a Chelsea fan is. Matt, I'll come to you for a second. I'll come back to Evan. Why are you a Chelsea supporter? I see you've got the swag on today. I know you're excited. What brought you to become a Chelsea fan? Man, that's a good question. Um, You know, there was a game that I saw back 20 years ago. Um, It was, it was probably the first uh, European, not European, the first English game that I saw. And all I remember, it was between Manchester United and Chelsea. I had no idea who Chelsea were, but I knew who Manchester United was because I knew who David Beckham was. (laughs) And lo and behold, in that game, Chelsea won, I believe it was three nil. And that kind of started it all off. And, you know, that plus me being a big fan of the color blue, it was just like, uh, you know, it was just a match made in heaven. So ever since then, I've been a diehard Chelsea fan. um, And Abramovich bought the club right after that. And so it just kind of all, you know, started becoming really like a, a thing that I was so invested in because, you know, every day, every weekend there was a match going on and, and really just at that time, you know, just trying to find out who won, who, who are these teams and really having FIFA really helped too, because, you know, teams like Bolton, no idea who yeah. they were, but, you know, <laughs> now we have the resources to find out. Um, so that's really how it started. Look, I love that. I think that's some of the stories of a lot of Chelsea fans is we stumble upon Chelsea, but the love of it makes us stay. And so Evan, I'll come to you. Why are you a Chelsea supporter? Uh, For me, I grew up in New Orleans, so it was baseball and football, Saints and LSU. Um, But I had some friends who were from Honduras, and they loved watching football in the mornings. So I would go visit them, and they'd watch all these different teams. And I'll never forget, I believe it was against Palace in like 04, 05. uh, Drogba scored a header, and the knee slide, that was it. I was (laughs) locked after that. It It was Chelsea from there forward. So that's how I got into it. Look, a lot of American fans love Didier Drogba, and I think rightly so. He's done some amazing things for us, so I can't fault any of you guys. Matt, what's your favorite player? Who's your favorite player of all time for Chelsea? All time? Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to give it to the King Drogba. Um, you, you know, he he was a player that was a game changer, yeah. and he is a player that Chelsea have really uh, struggled. We've, you know, we've still won championships, but we have really struggled not having that type of striker. Uh, Diego Costa was very similar and, you know, we did great things with him, but there's something about Drogba that I think all teams feared him and we were just happy to have him on our side. 
Yeah, and I, we're going to unpack that a little bit later when we talk about Everton, but absolutely, we've struggled to find an out-and-out striker that has held that mold that Drogba held for so many years and two stints, in fact. But let's talk a little bit about the supporters club, guys. Uh, Evan, I'll come back to you. I know that we've changed where we meet recently, but where do you guys meet? What can you tell some of the listeners if they're trying to come out to the meetups? Um, so we're currently meeting at Johnny McElroy's. Um, we switched from True Anomaly or the brewery we were at. Um, and I'll let Matt talk a little bit more about it because he actually spearheaded this and he's been doing a phenomenal job. He's just kind of taken over all the day-to-day stuff and he's, he's the man right now. So I'm going to pass yeah. it to him. Absolutely. Matt, share with us what you can. Yeah. So like Evan said, we, uh, we switched our home up this, uh, this season to Johnny McElroy's. Uh, it was a, a pub that I've been a big fan of for a long time here in Houston. And it really had that environment that I was looking for in terms uh, of, of what a pub should entail when it comes to uh, a supporters club. And so we made the switch. The first, the first trial run was uh, at the FA cup final and we had a packed house. Uh, the support was really, you know, it was really good. Um, so, so going forward, you know, that's where we're going to be. They're located at one, two, two, three wall drive uh, for anyone that's listening. That's in Houston and wants to come by. Um, so yeah, they've, they've been really gracious with us. Um, they're really excited. We're really excited. And I think just having a new environment is really going to uh, grow the supporters club and it's going to uh, really, you know, make for a great uh, season overall. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they serve the pride of London beer when I came for the FA Cup <laughs> final there as well. And that was a tasty beer. So if you're they listening, you want to make it out there, Matt's hooked us up. It's an affordable but tasty beer at the same time. Matt, I think when I made it out there, there were about 60 people who turned up, which is a very good count for an FA Cup final in that bar. How many members do you guys have right now? So right now with the Fifth Stand app, we have close to 300 registered members. Um, Obviously, numbers can be a little deceiving, but overall, we have about 50 members that are active in some capacity or another. Um, And, you know, we have others that, you know, unfortunately can't make it down. You know, Houston being such a big city, um, it's sometimes difficult to get people to come to every game, especially them being so early in the morning. But yeah, so about 50 um, pretty diehard members. uh, And, you know, every day we're getting, you know, more and more. So can't wait to see, you know, what this season brings. Yeah, I completely understand and hear you actually making the commute out in the early mornings is tough. But if you're listening and you are a Chelsea fan and you're in the Houston area, it is worth it to make it out. It was a blast. It took me a while to get out there, but it's a lot of fun. I'll be there this weekend for the Everton game. But before we jump into that, Rahul, you've been very quiet. You've allowed me to spend some time with my Houston folk here. I'll bring you in for a quick discussion and maybe you can guide us into the Everton game. Yeah, no, welcome, guys. It's been a pleasure listening to you guys chat about the not only Chelsea, but also your supporters club and how passionate you are about it. Uh, and some of the things you mentioned, like Evan was talking about texting and, and being, you know, just talking to a friend. That's one of the reasons Jackie and I started this podcast is every game you'd be texting back and forth. And we're like, you know what, let's just get on the air and talk about it. Um, so definitely feel that uh, sentiment that you were sharing. But let's talk about the opening day of the Premier League. It, it's back. Felt like a long time ago the season ended. I felt like it was going to be a long summer. It has been a long summer with transfer stories and uh, losses to Arsenal and Charlotte. But the Premier League is back, and that's the the meat and potatoes of what Chelsea does. So Everton away this weekend. We lost to them at the end of last season, towards the end of the season. Uh, Don't know what we're going to get from this game in the sense that we're coming in a little bit off of a rough patch with the preseason, with the transfers, like I was saying. Everton themselves themselves have lost Richarlison, 
they've brought in a few good players, but they've also lost Dominic Calvert-Lewin of this week. So they're missing a striker and we don't know what's going to happen. But let's jump into uh, your reactions, uh, Evan and Matt, to first hearing Lampard joining them back in January of this year, your feelings towards that and the job he's done since then and what you think he might end up doing with them this season. So Evan, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was definitely bittersweet to uh, see that because I didn't want him to be out of a job because I did think he's a good manager. Um, But to Everton, I mean, it's not Arsenal or Tottenham. So, you know, it can't, it's not too bad. Um, But I think what he's going to do with the club will be interesting. He plays a lot of attacking football. Their, their counter is crazy. It's kind of reminds me of the way a championship club plays. Um, But who knows? I mean, it's such a, there's been so many transfers and changes with everyone's squad. I mean, you really can't tell preseason, but I think they'll be, they'll, they won't be like last year where they're almost getting re- relegated for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think you'd almost expect them to push on, but I think one of the areas that they do, do need to strengthen is in that striker position because they're, they're missing with yeah. Charleston. Um, Matt, what do you think? Uh, Lampard going into Everton, decent job keeping them up at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, the the 1-0 result over us uh, was one of their saving graces, which I'm sure for Frank, again, was a, uh, a bittersweet moment. But, you know, talking about uh, Frank as a manager, um, you know, I have the most immense respect for the man uh, as a player. Incredible. You know, behind, behind Drogba, Lampard is my number two. Uh, big fan of him. Um, but obviously management is completely different than being a player. And he did a phenomenal job with Derby, but at the same time, you know, making that jump to Chelsea is a completely different caliber. And I think he really echoed that sentiment whenever he was dismissed because he said, look, you know, I know the pressure that is on a Chelsea manager and that is to deliver titles. And at that time, you know, our season was kind of like, we were, we were doing okay, but we weren't doing great. Um, so, you know, for him to get this job at Everton, I think it's great. Um, you know, I want him to have the most successful career as a coach that, you know, anyone can have, hopefully that means lots more trophies and everything, but let's hope, uh, you know, it's not beating Chelsea in finals or anything like that. Um, so, so yeah, you know, uh, I'm excited to see where he takes the team. Um, you know, again, hoping for two losses, uh, against us this season, but you never know. Um, in terms of, you know, his style, uh, one thing he did really well in that last game of the season was he played high pressure football. And ultimately, that's what led to uh, the, the first goal with Richarlison, Richarlison and then the almost second goal that came or almost would have happened right after that. So, uh, you know, I think he's probably going to stick to that. Again, with the teams changing so much, every Premier League season at the at day one is going to be a toss-up. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, it's it's definitely a toss-up. And it's one of those games where I think we went there early in the season, I think it was 2015, and we won 6-3. And that's mm-hmm. kind of unheard of from both teams to, to yeah. concede that many goals and score that many goals. Um, and then coming into this game, you look at it and you say, okay, early season, we don't know if both teams want to lose they might end up settling for a draw and saying let's just you know away game we get a point for Chelsea's perspective Uh, but coming to Chelsea what have you guys made of the transfers that have come in the transfer that have not come in 
uh, and potentially the transfers that may come in and, and some of the names that we've heard, uh, Cucurella, Frankie de Jong, Aubameyang, the latest one. Matt, I see you smiling. You, you definitely have some thoughts on all of that. Yeah, well, you know, my first thought is being uh, beaten by Barcelona to seems like every every target that we have. Um, but, you know, the thing is, we, we have we, we know what our weaknesses are. And I think Tuchel has done what he can to address these issues. The market is the market. Right. And unfortunately, you know, we can't make players want to come to Chelsea. And, and, and you know, at the end of the day, if they decide to go to another team over us, then it's probably for the best. Um, I think we've done a good job at bringing in the players that we have. Um, but, you know, we're still lacking some depth and quality. Uh, we have a lot of fringe players that probably need to go. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I think we're, we're doing a good job. And the one thing that I really would like to highlight is the fact that, and these, these transfers kind of fly under the radar, but they're doing a great job at building for the future. And they're, Absolutely. they're snapping up some big time youth talent. And that's kind of the exciting part is because the Chelsea Academy is something that has been the crown jewel amongst all youth academies in Europe. And we're continuing that process. So you know, I think as Chelsea fans, we need to sit back and say, you know, yes, we have a great youth squad, but not all of them are eventually going to make, you know, the first team. Um, but so that's that's the one the one thing I'd like to, to you know talk about was just the fact that we're still preparing for the future, despite also preparing for the current season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great point, because with all the names that have been linked to us to come in, there's one that's all Chelsea fans would love to see in the starting 11 or at least part of the squad this season is Levi Colwell. And he's being obviously linked to leave and, and we're putting a buyback clause and all of that in. But I think the, for him, the next right move, and you guys can disagree with me, would be to get some Premier League experience. He was in the championship last season. He did great. I think the jump, like we were talking about from Lampard to go to Chelsea from Derby, it's a little bit bigger. And so for a center back, a young guy to come in and say, we're putting our pressure, we're putting our hopes on you to kind of help us through. It's a little unfair, and I think the Brighton move will definitely serve him better. Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts on our transfers? Raheem Sterling, Koulibaly, Kukurella with an asterisk, because we don't know if, <laughs> if that's done, it's not done. Uh, who else would you like to see and, and share your thoughts on about, uh, about the guys that have come in? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Koulibaly is definitely, for me, that was a big pickup, just simply because it kind of is a similar shift in from Rudiger. Um, I think that he'll give us that, um, that stern person in the back who is no nonsense and can run players down. So I think that's something that we definitely need in the back. Um, I think Cucurella will be more of a David Luiz type of player to where hopefully not as reckless, but he'll still. It's not just because of the hair, right? No, I actually didn't think about that until you just said it. But yeah, I mean, I guess so. But I feel like he's that type of player and trying to uh, defend against his runs along with um, Chile on that side. I think that could be extremely dangerous as well. Uh, as far as the players that we haven't gotten, um, I say it in the group text all the time. I feel like Barcelona is just paying people with signed Messi jerseys. And I don't know how many they have left, but apparently it's a thing and it's working because we've missed out on some some talent but again just to to copy back on what Matt was saying if you don't want to come to Chelsea then honestly we don't want you I don't want you here just trying to get a check or 
just because it's Premier League. Like, we want you to play for the fans and for the club. And so if Lewandowski doesn't want to do that, he wants to go somewhere else, I'm fine with that. I mean, that's I would rather that, actually, for them to just be honest and say, look, I'd rather go here. I mean, if you look at Frankie de Jong, United's just like, please, please come to us. And he's like, I don't want to play for you. So I wouldn't want a player who feels that way. Which, by the way, if he comes to Chelsea, that would also be awesome. Yeah, and we've seen that, right, with Lukaku last season. We exactly. all thought he wanted to come halfway through the season. He's actually talking about going back and missing Inter and missing Martinez. And and that's yeah. it's not what you want from a squad. It just disrupts the whole uh, setup that Tuchel's trying to put together. Jackie, you've been quiet now for a little bit. Uh, so I'll start. I'll come back to you about Todd Bowley. And, and he's now been here about two months, a little bit over. Your thoughts on that, the new owners, what they're doing, like Matt was saying, building for the future, but also building for the present. Uh, let's talk about that and then we'll jump into our starting 11 for the weekend. Yeah, I think it's a good segue because I actually listened to Gabriel Slonina's thank you message. And actually, he took the time out to thank Todd Bowley, which is an interesting thing to me. And I, I know most players can say, yeah, I'm doing it for social media or whatnot. But that sent a little bit of a message to me of how involved he is so far as our quote unquote sporting director till we get somebody in there, you know transfer window as far as it goes has been a little bit bizarre and I think the gentlemen have highlighted losing out on some key players to Barcelona but it to me it shows that there's commitment there right we're out there we're linked with everybody which the exciting part of being a Chelsea fan is we were able to track top talent for many many years and we are doing that again whether they're coming right now or not it's not the point it's that we are in the market we are making phone calls we are having dinners with Laporte and asking what's going on there and so I think that's important to see now for most of the time that we've been Chelsea fans and in the Bramovich era, we've noticed that sometimes we don't necessarily back our managers. Everything we're seeing and hearing is Boley has said, here's a check. I'll go out and do what I need to do. And I'm sure there's, it's going to be within reason at some point, but it's very interesting to see how much he's backing Tuchel. And, you know, you look at Kudabali and he's 31 and you go back to Bramovich era. Anybody over the 30 was a big taboo, but no, Tuchel wants him. He's got the experience. We need center backs. It's happening. So I'll bring Matt into the conversation. It's an American owner. The American owners at Liverpool have had a lot of success in recent times. We are actually being linked with the sporting director of Liverpool. And so there's some little bit of information coming in and out there. What do you make of Todd Bowley so far? And we refer him to as Papa, Papa Bowley over here at the Premier Show. <laughs> Well, P- Papa Bully, I think, is uh, is doing a great job. Um, you know, just to you know, kind of reaffirm what you said is, I, I think we're really seeing uh, Bully really back Tuchel, and also trust his advisors, trust the uh, the other people that are in the uh, the Chelsea hierarchy uh, to help him make these decisions. Because let's face it, Bully is new to the Premier League. He's new yep. to to football or soccer, uh, completely. Um, the one, the one thing that I think, uh, you know, obviously hurts us is, you know, we had a great negotiator, uh, with Marina, uh, I would, I would butcher her last name, so I'm just not even going to attempt it, yeah. but, uh, um, but, you know, she was a very strong negotiator yeah. and I mean, just recently won the award, uh, for best, uh, uh you know, sporting director yeah. uh, or, or whatever it was. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a change there. Um, but what I think is going to happen, uh, you know, going forward is Bully is going to bring that uh, American, um, uh, I, I don't know how to put it, but it's like the, uh, the American way 
of, of basically letting your, your managers kind of give them some leeway. Right. Sure. Um, not, not like their Abramovich era where it was just like, Hey, you've lost five games in a row. You're gone. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I think we'll, he'll get a little bit more leeway and that's what you've seen with Liverpool. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, when Klopp first started, Liverpool were not good. Um, yeah. And they were coming up well short of their goals. And, but look what's happened. They trusted in him. They trusted in his vision. And now they've, they've built a powerhouse there. Uh, so I, I think Bully is going to use that as a template and, you know, he's going to back Tuchel. Um, we might go through some rough patches, but I mean, look at where we just come from. Tuchel has taken us to uh, nearly every championship uh, that we've been in uh, minus the premier league. So uh, all cup competitions, we've gone to the championship. So uh, I, I think Bully is really doing a good job right now. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does in the future, but also we have to understand that he's, he's probably going to take a step back eventually. But right now, you know, this is exciting. He's got a new play thing. Uh, he wants to be involved. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, and as Chelsea fans, we've been through the ups and downs of here's a brand new manager. He's got all the experience. He's won X, Y, Z. Ten games later, you didn't do so well. Buy you out the door. And unfortunately or fortunately, we got used to that because we as Chelsea fans were spoiled. And I've said this to every Chelsea fan is season after yeah. season. If things didn't go our way, we got somebody new. They ended up winning something or if they didn't go, they were moved on and we ended up winning something. And so, you know, it's a breath of fresh air to see that potentially Thomas Tuchel will be there for a little bit and Boli will allow him to go. But Evan, maybe I'll put you on the spot and ask you to play devil's advocate. We are spoiled. We are used to when things are not going our way, we get a new manager. How do you think Chelsea fans, and maybe you can talk from your personal perspective, will kind of react to this if we're going to go through this season and have a tough time, similar to last December, and Tuchel's going to be around? Again, putting it out there, I think we all like him, but how do you think Chelsea fans are going to react? Um, I think we'll react like we always react. We'll get really (laughs) upset. We'll be saying, well, maybe it is time for him to go. Um, but at the end of the day, we all know that trophies matter. Yep. And if he wins us trophies, that's all we care about. So I think definitely Champions League gave him a couple years of a leash. Um, again, if he's picking up points for me, you know, you can't really complain with that. Uh, if we're losing and he's not changing the lineup at all, that could be an issue if he's just being stubborn, you know, we don't want that to happen. But if he's working things out, trying different players in different positions and really being active on trying different things, I think if we lose a few in a row, I won't like it, but you know, like, like Matt said, it's, it's a new era. And if we're going to trust in the system, we got to let him do it the way that he wants to see, see it done. And I think um, he's a great coach. He comes from the clock tree. They're from the same uh, Dortmund tree that produces many great managers and players. And so I trust that he understands that concept and he's trying to bring it here to Chelsea. So, you know, I I think it'll be great. And, you know, if we do sign some new players, I know we do talk about it, you know, Ronaldo can come, but if he can't do it in the nine shirt, then I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) The nine shirt is the dreaded nine shirt, but Evan, I'll stick with you for a second for, Thomas Tuchel to be successful. I know it's super early days. What are your expectations of him by the end of the season? Um, my expectation is one trophy, uh, top four. That's all I'm expecting. Doesn't matter what trophy it is. Um, I think we have enough talent and enough uh, coaching smarts, if you want to call it that, for us to get through to a final and win it. 
um, whether it's the FA Cup, EFL, or maybe even the Premier League, maybe Champions League, something. I think we do have enough of that talent to get one of those. Yeah, look, and we're due an FA Cup after the last couple of seasons. Goodness. Just missing out on it, so. <laughs> we're due four FA Cups. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Matt, Matt, same question to you, but I'll also add, we've seen some videos and images of Tuchel as a manager and he seems to be very friendly with the players most specifically we've seen him play table tennis with Raheem Sterling and having a good time do you think that management has changed do you think that it's a good way of being a manager is being more friendly with your players and of course give me your expectations for the season absolutely so you know obviously I've never been a a premier league manager by any means so we got to take this with a grain of salt, but you know, when it comes to management of any kind, whether it's business or a fo- or football, I mean, you know, you need to have a solid uh, team. And with that, you know, you have, it has to be fun and you have to know when to be serious too. So, th- you know, you, you have, you have Tuchel and how he, uh, his management skills, and then look at say Mourinho, right. Where yeah. Mourinho would just would completely destroy players and tell them how bad they were. And then, but then do this kind of reverse psychology on them and they'd come (laughs) out and be incredible. So, I mean, obviously every manager has their own techniques to to bring out the best in players. Um, So in terms of what I'm expecting this season, uh, I would, I would agree with Evan. Um, I mean, obviously top four finish is a, is a no brainer. Um, You know, that's going to be even more challenging uh, than ever this season. Uh, Arsenal has done a phenomenal job at uh, beefing up their squad. Um, you know, (laughs) well, he did lose to Brentford the other day, so I don't know. (laughs) Well, I guess you know we'll we'll see what happens. But Arsenal's always going to Arsenal. We know that. There you go. (laughs) But um, but yeah, you know, every every team has has done a good job at you know trying to fill those gaps they had. So um, you know, Man City is going to be Man City. Liverpool are still going to be great. To be honest. I'm more scared of the Liverpool striking or striking core than the Man City's. Uh, They're looking pretty scary. Um, But ultimately, you know, top four um, for sure. And then, yeah, at least, at least one cup win, um, you know, and maybe go a little bit further into the champions league. Um, So yeah, that's my expectations. Yeah. And I think you guys have nailed it on the head. I think, as Papa Boli is spending this much money, he's going to want to see a return on investment. And again, to echo what you guys are saying, I don't think it needs, you know, we need to come home with a quadruple, but get far enough in these tournaments to get some money back because there is obviously revenue to be made from this. But Rahul, I'll pass it back to you. Maybe we need to start the Everton preview. We're playing Frank Lampard. We do. And and I had a question that I was going to ask at the end, but Evan brought the name up. So I just want a quick yes or no from you guys. Ronaldo to Chelsea, Evan. If he wears the nine, <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, I don't, I don't think he's gonna play the type of ball that Tuchel wants right. us to play. So I would say no, no, uh, Matt. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I would take Ronaldo any day. I mean, <laughs> the guy is a proven winner, and I know people are gonna, you know, disagree with this, but I always say Ronaldo over Messi, always. Uh, Ronaldo has proven himself in the Premier League. I mean, even last year with the struggling United team, I mean, he still carried that team. Uh, He might be 36, 37 years old, but man, that guy is in shape and he is a beast. So I would take him any day. That's fair. Jackie and I have been going back and forth on this. And I think Jackie has turned into a fanboy 
or he just really wants us, wants us to get a striker in there that can score. I honestly think it depends on the day. There are days where I'm like, we can do this without a striker. And the days I'm like, <laughs> sign him up. We need 20 goals this season. So it really depends. But hey, to match point, look, Thiago Silva, 37, 38, he's doing it. So if Ronaldo comes in and he's yeah. willing to not disrupt the, the dressing room, I think he, he'd be a good addition. That's fair. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm... Ronaldo locked in with Sterling, I feel like that's a problem that's... if they're both locked in in sync. I think that's definitely something that can cause some trouble. <laughs> and and Reese James feeding him from the other side. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I think we're we're getting into the FIFA mode. So let let's come back to uh, uh, the the game this weekend. So predicted eleven guys. Who who do you think plays in goal? And Mendy has been a little shaky, uh, pretty much all year long. He hasn't been the the goalkeeper that we we got and we had for a few months, and actually going into uh, the end of last year. So do you go with Mendy? I haven't really seen Kepa play much in preseason. He's linked to leaving. So that really leaves us with one option, which would be Mendy. Right, guys? Yeah, Absolutely. I would agree. All right. So yeah, Mendy, we, I think we go back three. Uh, <laughs> I would say I would say back three, especially with Dominic being out. I feel yeah. like they should be able to – if they can't manage a back three against Everton without Richarlison or Dominic, I mean – we're in a bigger trouble than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back three, would you go, who would you go? Aspilicueta on the right? Uh, I don't know, back? man. I mean, I would love to have Dave back there, but uh, he wants to go to Barcelona. So just, <laughs> I mean, it really depends on the situation. Uh, I, I had, I kind of wrote mine down. I had Chalaba, Tiago, and Cooley in the back. I mean, I feel like mm. that's, it's safe. There's no drama. I'm sure Dave's head is all over the place. So is Marcus Alonso. So that's fair. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think those three uh, are the uh, are they're going to be the the starters. Um, you know, Reese James for the wing back, um, Ben Chilwell on the left. Um, you know, I I I love Dave. Uh, you know, he's been a great Chelsea player for many many years. Um, but, you know, looking back at some of the, the, the tape from last year, you know, that that goal that Everton scored yeah. was was Dave's fault. One hundred percent. So, you know, if his head's not quite in it, um, you know, m- maybe it, it's just better to go with Reese James uh, on the on the wing. Um, but those three, uh, Chaloba, Silva, Kulvali, solid, solid three. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I just imagine being Chaloba playing next to Silva and Kulabali, getting that experience, getting that yeah. know-how. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jackie, you agree with, with that selection? Yeah, look, I'm on the fence and I want to poke, you know, play devil's advocate or poke a hole here. Chaloba had a couple of shaky moments in preseason. And look, he is outstanding. He does have the skill set, but he does make a wrong decision every now and then. Matt, I'll come to you first. Chaloba, is he going to be first choice, choice if we sign Cucurella? Or do we slide things over? What's the thinking there? Uh, I think he's going to be first choice for a while. And okay. that's only because he knows the system. He knows the coach. Uh, he knows, he knows the players. Uh, Cucurella, you know, even though he's played in the premier league, you know, you still got to get acclimated to your teammates. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's Chaloba's to lose. Uh, Cucurella is definitely going to apply some pressure. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we got to, that that's going to happen later on in the season. Absolutely. Evan, I'm a big fan of Ben Chilwell. Got to meet him. He was an excellent man to talk to. But lots of talk about his injury was pretty significant last year, and he may not be ready. Do you think Alonso is going to play that left wing back position? Uh, I think, unfortunately, yes. 
um, <laughs> even though he's also linked to Barcelona. Um, but he's even in preseason, you can tell he's very professional. Yep. He's been coming after the defense. He's not really taking a, uh, a lazy approach to the game. So I think depending on Chilwell's fitness, I think he probably will take that starting spot. Yeah, I think these are great things for debate. Rahul, I'll pass it back to you for the middle of the park. Yeah, and I tend to agree with Evan on the Alonso Chilwell piece, at least to start off with. Uh, hopefully, Chile works his way back in and eases his way back in because we don't want a, 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 an injury to come back. Uh, middle of the park is where it gets interesting, guys, because we have Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, maybe Connor Gallagher who can slide in there. So who would you go for the two? Because we picked the the two wingbacks in, in Reese James and Ch- Alonzo Chilwell. Uh, Evan, who do you go with in the middle? Well, I guess my first question is, who do I think we should play? Or who do <laughs> I think the manager will play? Because the gaffer has a, I think he's a little bit different in the midfield. Give me, give me what you think Tuchel will do, and then give me what you would like to see. I think he's going to do Georgie and Conte. Um my only thing with Georgie is he's Mr. Pass it back. <laughs> Give him the ball and he's, he's giving it right back to the center backs every time. And that drives me insane when I see that. Um, but he is a smart decision maker. He is a rock in the midfield. So I understand why Tuka would take that safer approach because you know, Conte can run anyone down and Georgie's going to make the right decision. So I think that's what he'll do. Now, if it were me, I would say Conte and probably Kova because he he is just streaks everywhere. He and Conte, when they're fit, they're probably one of the best midfield in the world. And and we've seen that in the cup finals. He's ten. He's, yeah. He tends to go with those two, or at least in the yeah. bigger games. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a good shout to maybe have those two. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think what we saw with, uh, with Conte, you know, he, he obviously missed preseason uh, because of his unvaccinated status, but he did play against um, Udinese and he is what we needed. He brought so much life into that team. And it's, I mean, he, he does what he always does. He's, he's everywhere. He has an unlimited amount of energy. Uh, I mean, he scored a, you know, a goal, which doesn't happen very often, but he's really what we needed. So, yeah, I mean, I think Conte uh, for sure will be there. I would prefer Kova over Jorginho, but, um, you know, Tuchel does tend to prefer Jorginho starting and then throwing in Kova later, which maybe isn't the worst tactic because, you know, Kova kind of has that uh, ability to, to change games. Um, but, yeah, I would take Kova and Conte for sure. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. I think I would go with Conte at least as one of them, and the other one is really, really up for debate in terms of what Tuchel does. But, Jackie, what do you think? And, and I know you really love to see Jorginho play. Look, I want to open a conversation to these guys in a minute, but I would go Conte and Kovacic, especially since Kovacic signs my jersey and said, could you stretch it? It was the best thing I've heard <laughs> when we were standing together. He was, he was all posh-looking with his wonderful Rolex on. That's great. But I want to... I want to open a conversation and I ask each of you guys a question here. Jorginho has the vision and the skill set to unlock a pass. We know this. And Matt, I'll come to you first. But he seems to take the safe route. He seems to go slow. Do you think that is us coaching him? Or do you think that inherently he doesn't always want to unlock that pass? I think that's been his problem since day one. Um, You know, when Chelsea signed him uh, and they gazumped uh, City uh, over for, for Jorginho's signature, uh, you know, they even they even came out and said, like, oh, we've already done our homework on this guy. We know what his weaknesses are. 
and this being one of them. He, he tends to take the, the safer road, um, does a lot of passbacks. Um, you know, as much as a, a fan of, as I am of Virginio, he just kind of, unfortunately, sometimes he just gets in the way. He's just yeah. there. Um, I think that, you know, at least for me, I want that high speed tiki taka football and Jorginho doesn't really do that. He's just kind of a guy that's there passing the ball. He's not a Cesc Fabregas that has that pinpoint precision, but also can like in an instant score a goal. Uh, he's kind of a downgrade of Fabregas. So, uh, as much as I love him, I think he really kind of slows the pace of the game down. Yeah, and I think it's fair because he's he has served Chelsea well while he's been here. It's just we haven't been able to unlock the best potential out of him. Evan, this might be an interesting conversation because when we signed Conte under Conte, he seemed to fix a lot of that defensive midfield issues that we had. In fact, he was played at the base. He would block everything. It almost gave me Makalele vibes, but just faster. But yeah. Sari comes in and says, no, you're right of the three. And since then, we've never really seen him play that defensive midfield. And to that point, we've also struggled to find a defensive midfielder to hold that, you know, holding position. What do you make of this? And do you think anybody's ever going to put him back in that role? Um, I do hope that he gets put back. I think he might actually get put back. Honestly, he's a little bit older. He's mm-hmm. more injury prone. And we've got young kids like Connor Gallagher. Yeah. And hopefully at some point, Billy Gilmore is going to come up. Um, even Ruben Loftus-Cheek is an also yeah. an, another great young talent. Um, I feel like at some point he will kind of slot back a little bit because he'll still have that instinct. He just won't have that first step like he had before, but he can still read the game great. And I think once, um, I don't know, I, it's really up to the manager, if he whatever he sees um, on the pitch during training. But I think at some point Tuchel will kind of realize that and slot him back there. Yeah, and he doesn't get very many goals, so I think that's probably a good no, position. Yeah, to exactly. Be in. But yeah, Rahul, I mean that takes it back from where we left off with Kova. Maybe you want to move to the front. Yeah, the the front three is is really anybody's guess because I'm about to list more than three players for sure for those <laughs> positions. So we have Raheem Sterling who's come in, and I, I I have a feeling he's been given certain assurances that he's going to be playing or in the starting eleven. We have Kai Havertz, who's most likely going to be our striker for this game. Then we have Mason Mount, Hakeem Ziyech, Christian Pulisic, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and I made Kennedy, who's still around, Connor Gallagher, who can also play as in the front. So now I've listed eight players, guys, and we can only pick three. And Kai Havertz, as the striker, did in the last game against Everton struggle a little bit with their physicality. I, I remember a couple of instances with Yerry Mina where they were more interested in fighting with each other than playing the game. Uh, so... Who do you go with in the front three? And and it might be Sterling as a false nine and you might switch it up. Or what do you think Tuchel is going to do, Matt? So I'm thinking Sterling on the left, uh, Havertz in the, in the center, and then Mount on the right. But, you know, if, if I'm setting up this team, I want these guys, Mount and Sterling, to be, you know, kind of all over the place. Not this, like, I'm stuck on the right, you're stuck on the left, and you stick to your spot and I stick to mine. Um, I think having that ability to overlap each other is going to be the the scary part of that top three. Um, But you're right. You know, we've got so many players to fill those positions. Uh, You know, I think, you know, towards the end of the transfer window, some of those players are going to go probably Timo, um, Ziyech and some others. Um, But 
you know, we've got an abundance of riches up there. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take Sterling Havertz and Mount. Uh, those are Mount's my guy. Um, I don't think anyone replaces him. Um, so yeah, I think those three. And, and those three, I think would be most people's first choice. And I see Evan, Evan nodding too. Uh, the question for you is, would you, with Timo Werner being linked to Lee, would you even consider maybe giving him some minutes here or, Having him on the bench, we can make five subs now, uh, starting with this weekend, this this season. Does Timo Werner factor in this weekend? Uh, unfortunately, I do not think he does. Um, <clears throat> I would be surprised if he even makes the 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 team um, <clears throat> because I think he, you know he missed out on, on the last preseason game uh, with a injury, and I I put my fingers up, <laughs> you know, injury in quotes. Um, you know, I, I think he is probably on his way out pretty soon. So they're not going to risk anything happening to him. Um, and it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good for his, uh, his, his mental state either. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Werner, uh, making the, the match day squad. That's, that's fair. Uh, Evan, do you agree? Sterling, Havertz, Mount, we saw Mount and Sterling link up pretty well in that Udinese game. Yeah, I think, um, I love Kai. He's my guy. But I just don't know about Kai, man. I kind of put him with Timo. I think they're really good kids, but I just don't think he's what we need. I feel like, unfortunately, Pulisic is always injured or something's going on with him. But just thinking about the footwork and the link up between Pulisic, Mount, and Sterling, their one-twos would be absolutely deaf. Like if they put it together and they really link up, and I just don't think Kai has that all the time. Like you mentioned earlier, he's, he gets too focused on the center back pushing him. So he wants to fight. <laughs> and it's like, man, like we need you to either be our striker or hold the ball, do something. But I think he, I don't know, I want to like him so much and I don't dislike him, but I just don't think he's meant for this system per se. And that's 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 an interesting point because for most of last season, especially after the Lukaku piece, Kai Havertz was the guy that Tuchel was picking and, and saying, you know, you're the one I want to see as a striker. So um, I think with the Champions League winning goal, Kai has built up some credit similar to Tuchel. Uh, oh, yeah. But this season's going to be crucial in the sense that he has to break out of that little bit of mold where he he wants to be the one that carries the team instead of instead of the one being like getting distracted with other things like you were exactly. saying. Uh, Jackie, Aubameyang linked to us. I listed eight players. Matt mentioned one, which I had missed, was Timo Werner. That's nine. Aubameyang comes in. That's 10 attacking players. Obviously, a couple of those leave, but that's a lot of players for three positions. Yeah, it's too many, and I think it's going to cause disruption long-term in the dressing room. And I think one name you haven't even mentioned is Broha. I think that's one that's I want to talk about today. Oh, man. To, yeah. to Evan's point, you know, it Kai Havertz has a place in this Chelsea squad, whether it's with a, a 3-5-2, a 3-5-3, or I, I don't think that's it. It's like a problem with square peg round hold, although he did carry us for a little bit last season. However, I'd love to see a 4-2-3-1 where Kai can play behind a striker. Mount can come in from the right, left. Doesn't really matter. But uh, Broha is one I want to see eventually. I don't know if he's going to get game time at Everton, but I do think that if we're going to go out and shop for a player like Obama Yang, which Arsenal got rid of him due to some disciplinary issues, I don't want to see those issues in the blue side of London. I'd absolutely give a chance to our youth at that point. That's a good point. And that's, again, one that I had missed out on. So that's 11 players. And, and, 
And I know we laugh, but I think if there was one that we'd like to see maybe stay this season and, and work his way into Tuchel's plans, I think Armando Borja would be that guy because we saw him at Southampton. He's done pretty well. He can score goals. If given the chances, Carabao Cup to start with FA Cup, a couple of minutes in the Premier League, you never know. And with the number of big names that have failed, it might just be a kid that makes it in, in that number nine shirt. Uh, but let's come to score predictions, guys. Matt, what are you thinking? Winning this game pretty big or, or is it going to be close? I'm saying 3-1. To? Uh, Chelsea. Sorry. <laughs> okay. sorry. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. Chelsea 3-1. Chelsea, three, one. Three, one. Okay. Can you tell we've been scarred last season, Matt, that he has to clarify who's going to get the win? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if I, if I don't say who wins, then I can't be wrong, right? There you go. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Evan, what do you think? I was actually going to say the exact same score. I think we'll have one small slip up during the match at some point. Uh, but other than that, it's going to be a, a dominant game. I really do. I really hope so. Jackie, how about yourself? I'm going to go for 2-1, a little more conservative. I think Tuchel's teams have not been set up to score too many goals, although I would love to see more goals coming out of them. But 2-1, we get the win. And I'd keep an eye on Anthony Gordon there. He caused us a lot of trouble in the last few games. Yeah, he he's one that Lampard loves and trusts. So uh, he'll definitely be in that squad and causing trouble for us but I think 2-1 for me too it's going to be a little tight it's going to be a little edgy Goodison Park's atmosphere is always going to be hot uh, but hopefully the boys can go in and start the season off well because if we don't pick up points here that just adds to the story of Chelsea are not ready and all of that everything that we've heard but guys let's talk about some fun stuff so you have a watch party planned this week you got me excited with your drinks menu and and mimosas (laughs) and beers Unfortunately, I can't make it, but tell us more about what you've got planned and uh, what else can you, are you doing this season in terms of watch parties and, and things of to come? Yeah, so, you know, uh, in terms of the, the watch parties, um, a few things. One, we're, we're, we're not going to be watching every single match at the pub, which I know is kind of weird as a supporters club, but, um, you know, we kind of looked back on last season and and notice that especially the, these super early games no one really shows up I mean it's it's hard to get someone out of out of bed dressed and, and at a at a pub at 8 a.m so um, you know we we've decided to kind of limit the the matches we're going to watch now we're still going to watch 80 percent of them um, so I think doing that is going to really help um, with participation also just match day environment one of my big things uh, after last season was wanting to improve the overall atmosphere. So whether that's doing uh, more, more chants, more singing, just bringing a better environment to the, the pub. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, and, you know, again, we got this new home, they've got a wide variety of, of drinks, food. Um, I think that's going to be a big factor uh, with people coming. So I'm super excited. Um, I, I think, you know, this, this season's going to be great. Um, you know, kind of picking right back up where we were from the FA cup final. Um, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And I had major FOMO watching Jackie's stories and your guys' stories <laughs> from the FA cup final. So hopefully I'll make it down there this season. Uh, but what time do. Do you, what time do you start this weekend? Uh, kickoffs, I believe 1130 for you guys. So, yeah, so kickoffs at 11.30. We will be open at 10.30. Uh, pub will always be open an hour before kickoff. Uh, so come on down, uh, get your drinks, get your food, 
get your breakfast, uh, you know, coffee, whatever you need, uh, get your seat and we'll be there ready to go. And yeah, that's it. Awesome. I'm sure Jackie's looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to living through Jackie on, <laughs> on what happens. And I hope, I hope we win because that will just be the icing on the cake. Uh, Evan, anything to add from your side about uh, the upcoming season, the supporters club and, and Chelsea in general? Yeah. Um, this season is going to be great. Uh, actually, this is our fourth season as a supporters club. So next year we'll be turning five. Um, and for me, uh, when I started it, I had no idea it would be like this, but I'm very appreciative and happy to have all the family and friends that we've come to grow with now. Um, this year, when we had the Champions League final, when we won, we did a crawfish boil for that. It was really nice. awesome. Being from New Orleans, I have my grandpa's recipe, so it just came natural. So this year, I don't know when we're going to do it, but I think we'll probably bust out the crawfish at some point this year again. Let me know, Absolutely. so I'll, I'll book my flights ahead of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jackie, anything to add from your side before we wrap it up? No, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. And one of the things Rahul and I are going to be doing this season, guys, and I think both of you will be involved, is post-game reaction. So I'll be out there with a little camera in my hand, ask you guys how you feel, win or lose, just to see what the fans are feeling out there. And it should be a, a good environment overall, like Matt said. And so absolutely excited, absolutely buzzing for you guys to reach five years soon. So it's going to be an absolute amazing time with you guys out here. Absolutely. And thank you very much for joining us. And we wish you the best as you continue into this fourth season. And I'm sure we'll be in touch. Jackie will be in touch for sure. And hopefully I'll see you guys, but um that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. And please follow the Houston group as well. It's Houston Blues SC uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can and reach out to them if you have any questions, if you want to meet up. Uh, and as always, send us your feedback and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can reach other fans. But we will be back with a new episode. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels. Hey guys, the Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.